Welcome to another episode of the Darren Sargent Show. I am your host, Darren Sargent, and this is the podcast where you get life advice from a single-handed perspective. This is episode number 65, and today we are going to be talking about the life of a seed, the life of a seed. Stay tuned. Hang on. Let's get started right here on the Darren Sargent Show. Thanks for joining in. Well, it's hard to believe that we are just a few short days, really, a couple weeks away from Christmas when I record this. It's here, the end of 2020. Can I get a great big shout? Yes, I'm hoping 2021 will look a lot better than 2020 has. It's been absolutely one of those years we will never forget. I uh, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. I know I mentioned it last week, but hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday, able to spend some time with your family, and uh, it's always good. This is a great time of the season to kind of just Slow down, enjoy some of the benefits of family and friends and holiday. And I know here in California, we are on another lockdown. Uh, boo. And uh, I'm sorry, but uh, it's a little frustrating. But we're going to make the best of it. And God is good, and we're going to keep on rolling forward. I wanted to drop a, with, with the holiday season in mind, I think this is a good time to talk about the life of a seed. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the words of Paul writing, he says this, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. In my house, it was always on Christmas Eve, the night before Christmas, that we would open up our gifts and the room would be filled with paper and ribbon and styrofoam and It'd just be an absolute mess. That That's when we celebrated it growing up as a kid in the sergeant home. That was our tradition. Christmas morning would be the stockings and the big Christmas dinner that mom would make. And and uh, we would spend the day because usually I grew, up, I grew up in Idaho, so usually there was snow. And so we had all kinds of toys. But Christmas Eve was the time me and my brothers would look forward to always asking, you know, is it time yet? It seemed like time just kind of creeped by back then. But now uh, it's it goes by a little too too fast, if you ask me. I remember, you know, those dreams of getting everything that you circled. Now, some of you are not even gonna even relate to this, but this was my this was my childhood. There were there was those J.C. Penny catalogs, those Sears and Robux catalogs that you you dog-eared the the pages you circled things you you accidentally left it open on the kitchen table so mom and dad could see and uh i mean it was i i can remember specific holidays specific specific let me get that right specific holidays christmas time when we we would get the bb guns and the ataris and and the toys i remember when i got a sony walkman I, boy that was a big deal and uh we would we would it was almost agonizing waiting for that that moment i think the reason why my parents let us open presents on christmas 
Eve was because they were tired of us asking and pestering them uh, for for the gifts, and so they just made a rule: we're going to do it on Christmas Eve. But now, in in my home, it's it's Christmas morning. We kind of adopted my wife's uh, traditions from her childhood, and uh, we open our main presents on Christmas morning. But as a child, Christmas was basically all about receiving. We were we were selfish. Now I look forward to Christmas because. To me, it's about giving. It's about seeing the faces of my children light up with the gifts given. Even even now that they're a little older, I still it, it warms my heart to see their excitement and their their you know their faces lit, lighting up. And now now I'll be honest, I have a list. Don't get me wrong, I've got a list. As but as we mature, there's something that we begin to learn. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. At at least that is the way we should be trying to live our lives. Now, I think this is a good time of the year, specifically with everything that we've had going on in our our current climate and conditions. I think this is good to talk about. I fear that many people still live with a selfish attitude, and it's an all-about-me spirit. This is one of the greatest hindrances to any of us having the ability to live the abundant life that Jesus desires and promises all of us to have. Because here's some a few principles I just want to share with you today. As long as you are focused on what you want, what you need, what you think you got to have, you will never experience the best that God wants to give. If you really want to thrive, you have got to learn to be a giver. The Scripture tells us whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And throughout the word of God, we find this principle of sowing and reaping being repeated. Now, I grew up in farm country, and the farmer would plant the seed to expect to reap a harvest later on. And he planted seed not expecting the next day for there to be a harvest overnight. It takes time. We have got to plant some good seeds in the fields of our families, into the fields of our friendships and our relationships, our careers, our businesses, our spiritual lives, our personal relationships, as I mentioned. Now, what if the farmer didn't decide, what if the farmer decided that he didn't really feel like planting, that he was tired, so he felt led to sit around and hope the harvest would come in? You know what? He'd wait his entire life. You've got to get the seed into the ground. This is the principle that God has established. But uh, is it possible that we sit around and wait for something good to happen? You know, Jesus just bless us, touch us, work in us, work in my situation. And God wants to, but there has got to be some seed sown in order there, in order for there to be something received. If you want to reap some good things, you've got to sow some good seeds. I've watched people who have never really learned this principle. They expect something from nothing. You know, if you want to reap happiness, sow some happy seeds. <laughs> Make other people happy. If you want to sow spiritual things, sow some spiritual seed, physical things. So I could go on and on and on and on. And here's the kicker. The reason many people never grow is because they do not sow. They're living self-centered lives. They have an all-about-me syndrome. And unless we change our focus and start reaching out beyond ourselves, we will remain in those conditions. 
I've had people, you know, come to me just wanting things right now. I don't, I don't want to sow anything. I don't want to, I don't want to pray for it. I don't want, I don't want to work for it. I just want it to happen. I just want to know how I can get out of this mess that I'm in. It's taken me 15 years to get in this mess, but I want to get out of it in five minutes. Well, the reason that you may be in your mess is because you've sowed seeds throughout your life that has contributed to that mess. Seeds of anger, seeds of doubt, seeds of fear. If you want God to solve your problems, I've learned that God always works in my situation when I reach out to help somebody else in their situation. Get some good seed into the ground. I think we have a tendency to get so focused on our need that we neglect to sow some seed. And this is this is a problem that all of us have. I think at times we just... We get self-centered. We get focused on us. You know, Psalms 37, Psalm 37 verse 3 says, In times of difficulty, trust in the Lord and do good. There's the seeds that need to be sown. It's not enough to just say, you know, God, I trust you. I know you're going to meet all my needs. That's like being the farmer not planting any seeds and expecting a fabulous harvest. Scripture says there are basically two things, and I'm going to leave you with these. There are two things we must do in times of difficulty and trial. First, we must trust in the Lord, and second, we must go out and do something good. Go out and sow some seeds. If you need a financial miracle, maybe all it takes is you being faithful and giving, maybe buying somebody else a coffee. Do something good for somebody instead of sitting around sucking your thumb. More problems happen, I think, in our lives when we don't reach out to others and we don't try to invest in the lives of people that go beyond us. You've got to do something to get some seed in the ground. Boy, I could go on and on and on. We have got to become more seed-oriented than need-oriented. In your time of need, don't sit around thinking about what you lack, thinking about what kind of seed you can sow to get yourself out of that situation. I'll never forget, and I may have told this, I may have told this before, but I'll never forget we were we were working in a church one time, and and my wife and I had been saved, but we didn't we made hardly nothing. I mean, barely <laughs> barely surviving, but we were happy. We're doing the work of God. And we had been putting aside some money so we could attend the camp meeting that summer. And uh, the church that we were working at had a special service, and evangelist came in. And man, he right at, in the middle of his sermon, he just felt led to to take up an offering, a sacrificial offering. And I'm I'm feeling this pull on my spirit. Give the savings to the offering, and, and I'll never forget fighting it i'll be honest with you i was fighting it i was like man that can't be god that had to be the pepperoni i had last night that and it just kept pushing at me and pushing at me and pulling at me give the money and savings to this offering and finally i i looked over at my wife and i said i feel like the lord is telling me and she goes same here and so we gave and i thought well I guess we won't go to camp meeting this year. And just a couple days later, 
I'll never forget it. We lived behind the church, and just a couple days later, this car pulls in, and it was a backslider that I had been working on and befriending and, and trying to get to come back to church. And he, he steps out of his car, and he keeps the car running. He has an envelope, and he basically just kind of tosses it to me. He says, here, gets in his car and drives off. And I'm like, okay, what's this? So I pick up the envelope from off the ground, open it up, and there's there's half of the money, the amount of the money that we had given in the offering. I ran inside and said, babe, look, so-and-so just dropped this off. I can't believe it. And while I'm telling her, while I'm telling her about half of this savings that we had given being returned to us, I hear a car in the driveway again, and I look out the window, and it's the same guy. And I walk out there and I say, hey, what's up, man? Thinking, oh, no, he's going to take the money back. <laughs> oh, no, he's going to get it. And he goes, here's the rest of it. And he throws it. This is what I was supposed to give you. And he drove off. And I looked and it was the other half, the exact amount that we had just given a few days earlier in that offering. I'll never forget it. And it taught me once again a very valuable lesson. When you are seed conscious instead of need conscious. God's going to take care of you. Proverbs eleven twenty four, the Living Bible says this. It is possible to give away and become richer. It is also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich by watering others he waters himself. That's pretty powerful. Sorry, got issues with my mic still. Been trying to fix it. I want to make sure that I am not keeping a self-interest focus my entire life. I love what the writer in Proverbs also said in Proverbs 11, 24, he says, the one who blesses others. Well, this is a this is the message paraphrase. Sorry. Of verse 25. This is the message paraphrase of what I just read. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. All of us have situations in life where we can back up and start feeling sorry for ourselves. Go to the backyard and eat worms. Think about it. Think that it's all about us. What we need to do. Even though the temptation to be selfish is strong, there are a lot of good people that get sucked into the trap of living with this attitude. What's in it for me? How can you help me? How can you make my life better? Our attitude should be just the opposite. Who can I be a blessing to today? What need can I meet today? Whom can I encourage today? Who could I cheer up today? I've made up my mind. How about you? I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a giver in life. I'm not interested in the minimums. I'm going to do something good. I am looking for opportunity to sow seed. So I would challenge you, let's be seed conscious, not need conscious. Because the Bible tells us, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. God bless you. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for tuning in right here on the Darren Sargent Show.